Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Podcast Podcast. The podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. Cadence is stuck. How's it going? What? We're not ready. I was just going to say, what's your... Okay, we... we. This is another one that was thrown together quickly, and I don't mean, like, hastily. I just mean, like, a little last minute, so it's we've throw in, busy. it's right, but we've been busy. Um, what What have you been up to? It's going to sound very boring. Work. Yeah. How about you? Mm, work, 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 okay. work. You make it sound fun. No, 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 that's you for you. That was hot. Amazing. Oh, okay. Hey. You haven't been working. Um, you quit your job. I quit my job. Oh my gosh. I thought you'd want to know. Do you ever have one? I was always suspicious. Well, let's not look into that too deeply. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, it's been good. I just booked today a trip home to see um, my little baby oh, niece. So I'm really excited about that. That's when? on the mind. Um, in May. <sighs> I don't want to like say the dates because then people will stalk me at JFK. Oh my God. <laughs> Is it around Mother's Day? I'm just asking. <laughs> I'll Dad. tell you later. Okay. Wait, why? Are you going to be in Ohio around? No, but oh. I might be on a Disney cruise <gasps> ship with, oh, 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 with Joyce. That's so fun. I'm going to die. Wait, I just canceled my trip. I'm coming. Oh my God. Yes. It's the only way it could get better. <laughs> That's um, really fun. Joyce, of course, for those who don't know, is your grandmother. Oh my God. We're going to have. I had to literally trick her into coming, but she's going to have a blast. I was like, Grandma, you're going to have a fucking blast. She's going to get up every morning. She loves drinking. Bar at the <laughs> pool, you know, drink at the pool. You know what? There's, it's gonna be her paradise. So, but should we jump into our show notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's definitely jump into our show We're notes. Like torturing everyone. What you got? Um, okay, I do have one note. Tell me, nuts. Um, okay, so hysteria. Are you familiar with the podcast Hysteria? No. So this is Hysteria. It's like they're like feminist. It's uh, oh, Aaron Ryan yeah. from Jezebel. Ha- it's I like Akila Hughes. I, th- I was thinking I it was spooky. So. No, I've listened. To I thought so. Yeah. yeah, it sounds spooky. Yeah, I mean. Hysterical women are terrifying. Well, that's the only way that men in olden days could, like, you know, talk away what, like, how right. complex women are right. in great ways is being like, they're hysterical. It's terrifying. They tried to make it sound spooky. Um. Anyway, they always have talk about the hills they'll die on, which I love that phrase. Yeah, that's I had a good an one. insane boss at Barnes and Noble who used to say it all the time. Uh-huh. Not a hill to die on. And I loved it. She was always screaming and uh-huh. mean and scared everyone. And I was always like, Yes, because that's almost because it. it's very funny, and that's that's almost more important too is to know the hills you're not gonna die on, yeah. especially in a workplace. Oh my god, and yeah, oh man, I just like also picturing her like dying on a hill. Like it, I love the imagery, I love the ridiculousness of the statement. Anyway, <laughs> so they do this every time they ask for people to call in. Yeah, and I called in and I got on. So <gasps> let's listen to my hill to die on. All right, we're back with the hills we'll die on. Let's start with the listener hill this week. Hey ladies, I have a hill to die on. The chill girl gets too much credit. She's usually seen as this like relaxed, cool girl, like guys girl, but she's not always getting stuff done. I I am not chill and I never have been and I never will be to get my shit done. Society needs anxious little maniacs like me running around crossing everybody's teeth and that's okay. So Mm -hmm. I just want to give a shout out to the non-chill girls and say... It's okay that you're not chill and society needs you and keep on doing you. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hard agree. Yeah, hard agree. <laughs> hard agree. <laughs> That's so funny. We talked a little bit about this on this show before, or you have talked a little bit about this when we were talking about weddings and chill brides. It's, it, it, 
Exactly. Yeah. It's what made me think about yeah. it. It's the exact same thing. Because people love the idea of a chill bride, but then all of a sudden it's like, well, where do we get yeah. picked up by the van how to go cool, from the... How cool and chill this is that nothing has been planned. Yeah. <laughs> Like, or like when you're working for a company, like how cool and chill that like we're not following through with anything. Right. Like, I there mean, there is no pre-production no, on this like no. event we have to do. Yeah. I don't know. Not, the, not we, the society needs chill people also, but like yeah. not at the helm of getting things done. Yeah. Pick and choose your chill saying. to die on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you have any more show notes for us? I do not. Well, then let's move on. Let's jump into it. Our first thing that we do is... A segment that we like to call Podcast Challenge, Challenge, where we challenge each other to listen to an episode or a clip or a podcast that we really love, we want to share, we think the other person will really love. So last week, Lauren, I challenged you to listen to David Tennant does a podcast, the episode with Olivia Coleman. I loved it. You did? Yeah, I mean, Olivia, Olivia Coleman is so charming. They oh. were both speaking in English accents, which oh. was a little off-putting. I mean, I just had to, like, uh, get used to it. Okay. You know? Not <laughs> off-putting. That's not the right way to say it. But I was like, it was a challenge. Yeah, but the, aren't their English accents so no, particularly soothing? Okay, okay. No, no. I love it. Yeah. Um, But my favorite... Like, I, I enjoyed this podcast. I yeah. really did. But the only one thing that stuck with me, honestly... Well, there were a couple parts about the favorite that I won't totally get into. But there's, like... I'll, like, wet your whistle. Did yeah. you listen to it? Yeah. Okay. The part where she talks about how the fingering scene happened. They had, like, a little trick. <laughs> yes. That's right. Which I loved. Uh-huh. But my very favorite anecdote... And this so is going to make any sense. Yeah. But she was complaining because... Her Wikipedia page says she's older than she is. Oh, yeah. And she called Wikipedia? Uh-huh. I couldn't get over this. <gasps> Wikipedia is a community-based... But you're not allowed to update your own page. Get someone to do uh, it. You're right. How many people she work for you? She has like 20 you? managers and stuff, I mean, I'm sure. are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it was. I was dying. I was literally That's like, this is so the best funny. part of this. <laughs> Did she tell anyone? I just yeah. feel like, well, do you get things? I don't know. She I was for some Wikipedia. reason that part. How do you even call Wikipedia? I've, I was. I have no clue. So confused by that anecdote, but I really enjoyed it, and I love the entire. I love the entire conversation. That's so, thank so you. funny. My my Wikipedia page says that I'm 26, but I won't be 26 until May. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, it's a little inaccurate. Do, I'm not gonna fix that for you, bitch. Oh my god, rude! Don't make me call. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask Olivia Coleman for their phone number because I, I don't will. even know how you get their phone number. I'll like, text her for their number. <laughs> Online companies don't really like to give out their phone number. No, I don't even know no. if I believe this story. I love it so much. I love it. She's a grifter. She's li- I feel like we're being lied to. Wow. I really want to talk to her about this. Yeah. This story doesn't make sense. It doesn't it, hold up. There's a lot of holes. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for sharing this. You're welcome. I'm glad that you, you know, dug it. I am... Like not loved. Can we? No, I thank you though. Yes. Yeah. No, wait a second. I think you're underestimating oh. how much I loved it because for the Wikipedia anecdote, yeah, that was enough. It brought me like a lot of joy. Perfect. I'm so glad. Like, thank you. <laughs> um, you could have just been like, Lauren, skip to the Wikipedia <laughs> part in 12 minutes. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> um, I am so excited. I think I told you I was so excited about my challenge because yeah, I'm going did, to challenge you. You challenged me, yeah. But I thought I was going to fall on the floor and just start farting myself around in circles until I passed out. I think that was like the feeling I was having. Well, you did do that for about 20 minutes before we started recording. I, that's that how why? long it takes me to pass out. <laughs> okay. okay. I was practicing. <laughs> um, now, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited. 
Now, you might have heard of it. I don't okay. think you have. Okay. I'd be shocked if you've heard of it. Okay. Um, it is a Stitcher Premium. Okay, which I do have thanks to a Christmas gift. Oh, my God. I know, my sister Betsy. I don't think we always recommend these, like, Stitcher Premium ones. Yeah, just because it's just, not. Go get a code and just do it because this podcast, have you heard of We Called Your Mom? No. Okay, okay. Beth St- Stelling is a comedian. Uh-huh. She loves her mom, so she decided to start a podcast with her mom. On oh. We Called Your Mom, Beth and Diane call up the mothers of artists and comedians. You love oh to chat them up and about their super talented children. So you hear from the creators of Maria Bamford, Sam Richardson, Jonathan Van Ness, and more, their mothers. Oh Are you dying? How die? My How die? Die, die, die I'm, time. It's die time. I've I'm been dead in the die, ground die. for 100 years because of this. Wait. Oh, this would be so much fun to talk to people's moms. Oh, my God. Well, I can't even really explain. I'm going to demand you listen to Marilyn Bamford. Marie Bamford. Uh Uh-huh. She's she's an Ohesian. They talk about Ohio like the whole time. Oh, the mom is an Ohesian? Yeah. Because Marie Bamford's from Minnesota. And I think her mom mom, currently lives in Minnesota, right? uh, Yes. But but she guess where she's from. So they talk about Ohio. Where? I don't remember. They're talking about Cleveland. Like, I I think around, like, I think, like, maybe from the south, southern Ohio a little bit. Yeah, okay. I think she moved around a a little bit. But, like, they talk about, it's just so charming. That's awesome. Yeah, you're good. I mean, you're going to love it. Have you seen Maria Bamford's stand-up special where she does it just for her two parents? Yes. <laughs> I know. That's her. So funny. And she talks about her mom so much. Her mom's so she adorable does. and yeah. Western. And this is literally, it's not even like Maria and her mom. It's like just her mom. That's One of my brilliant. favorite parts is Mrs. Bamford talks about Maria's sister, uh-huh. which I thought was adorable because she was like bragging She's about bragging her. about all her kids. Yeah. I get her in there. She's a, she makes some like hippie art. Like get Aww. that, you know, like. Yeah. And oh, sorry. Give one more thing. Due. I'm so sorry. For what? Because I'm going on and on. No, I love it. The best part is at the very end, they're like, um, we usually ask pe- people on podcasts to shout out their social handles or what they're trying to promote. Yeah. But we're assuming you don't want to promote anything. And she yeah. was like, please, just everyone. No, no, everyone get, leave me in my privacy. Oh, It's gosh. just so funny. She's For like, the first time. Reach out. No, these moms are not going to be like, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's like they really are just doing this. For their kids. They're like, it's well, so you can cute. follow my uh, my book club on yeah. Facebook. We have a group called Debbie's Call to Sacri. Oh my god, you're gonna... <laughs> I hope they just like ask you to be on it. Oh my gosh, like, it's like my own mom. You could do. You be my mom. Okay. Okay, it's a deal. I had a fish once. I was a fish mom. <laughs> oh my god, you're qualified Done. to raise raise children. Okay. Um, I'm really excited about this. We called your mom. I can't wait. Enjoy. Oh my gosh. Um, I think, and we're gonna have to go take a sponsor break. When we re- uh, when we return, we'll get back to the podcast. And now a word from our sponsor, Robinhood. Lauren, we have to talk. Last week you read an ad for Robinhood, and I have to ask you, where did you get the copy? They gave it to us. Are you sure? Yes. Uh, are you real sure? Because they sent us an angry email, and it turns out that Robinhood is not actually a hood for birds. They claimed you made the whole thing up, but I told them they were probably just going through a hard time. That must be it. Uh, but they did ask for you to reread the ad, this time with correct info about their I, brand. Okay, okay. Lauren. I, be, go ahead, I guess. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Be I'm allowed guess. to read yes. the correct... Okay. Sure, let's not make a big deal out of it. <sighs> Lauren, what do you wear when you be Robin? 
I mean, it's not the 1920s anymore. We don't wear striped shirts and masks and burglar outfits anymore. I think you're describing a mime. Mimes are often robbers. Okay. Anyway, it's time for burglars, burglars to get with the times and buy a Robin Hood, the exclusive hood you wear for Robin. Rob homes, banks, ancient burial grounds, whatever you would normally rob, but wearing your Robin Hood, you'll be chic, cozy, and without neck chilliness. And let me tell you, I have robbed both with and without the Robin Hood, and when I used the Robin Hood, I robbed 350% more efficiently and scored 900% the booty and looked better doing it. If you rob without the Robin Hood, do you know who you're robbing? Yourself. That's who. So go online, Yahoo search Robin Hood, scroll past all of the movies and books and investment apps you see until you find the correct Robin Hood, enter discount code podcast podcast, and Robin Hood will include a Robin belt. And listen, all you robbers out there, I wouldn't leave home without it. Wait, what did you rob? Um, well, here, I robbed this just for you. Oh, holy cow, Eric, thanks. And thanks, Robin Hood. Thanks, Robin Hood. Oh, man, it's embarrassing <laughs> we got that wrong last time. I don't know how that happened. I know, just our sincere the apologies to our sponsor, Robin Hood, and also to all those birds who I tried to put sweatshirts oh on. Oh, my God. Monty, you're fired. Yeah. You know, he doesn't uh, like birds. Fire? This is the, Oh, you're right. He hates the birds. The intern cat was surely behind this. This makes a lot of sense. I'm glad oh. we got it right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Robin Hood. Are you ready for clip one? And we're back. Yeah. Oh, and we're yeah. back. <laughs> we were gone and now we're back. Yeah. Oh, Thanks, sorry. Sponsor. Our, I'm hearing from our producers that it's oh. time for us to be back. And oh. Like you said, go into clip one. Great. Yes. Great. Okay. Good. Wow. Whew. What an operation. Have we ever done this before? Okay. Uh, This is literally our 73rd episode. Wow. We're old. That's more episodes than years I am. That's true. Um, it's more episodes than our ages combined. That's Sorry, right. we that's could really go on. True. We're this really is, young. I'm not a math girl. So that's literally the only number I could come up that's, with about this. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. Our first clip comes from a podcast called Who Runs That from Slate Magazine. Had you heard of this? No. Had you gotten into it? No. Um, I really, so exciting. I really like it. It reminds I, me of it Who makes Built me This. Nervous. Oh, why? It's com- It's a competitor for Masters of Scale. Is it though? It sounds like it. I mean, to me, it's much more like a. It it, it it's a little bit it's a little bit quirkier. It's a little bit more about the okay. the narrative behind um, the. I feel like you're um, shitting on my podcast. No, no, no I'm saying I'm saying okay. yours is sort of like the elevated. elevated. Okay. No, I'm no, I'm serious. Yours is like the brainy version. I'm of it. automatically not going to enjoy this, but let's continue. Oh my gosh! No, I feel bad. I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm never um, serious about anything. <laughs> I know. I never, this, never. This no one takes po- me seriously. This okay. podcast is just a bunch of fluff. A bunch of fluff and nonsense. Um, no, but you just have to say after every sentence that you give this a compliment, like, but Masters of Scale is, is better. better. Yeah, 100%. Or, or the, the <laughs> our, our fans can just know That's true. that that is the intent. In, intrinsically. Sure. Who runs that is fine. Yeah. But. Do people know that you work on Masters of Scale? I work on Masters of Scale. Yeah, which is an amazing podcast. Hosted, hosted by, by Reed, Reed Hoffman. Hoffman. It's incredible. If you haven't listened to it, really, you and should go listen to it. Before you listen to Who Runs That, 
listen to them all. Yeah, completely. start with Numero every single Uno. episode. Mm-hmm. Before you listen to ours, listen to Masters of Scale in its entirety. Um, anyway, who runs that comes from Slate Magazine. It dives in to sort of like the relatively unknown creators of some of your favorite businesses. Um, I do love shit like this. Sorry, it's I keep so interrupting fun. You. Oh, don't be silly. This okay. is this is not a monologue. Um, so host. <laughs> it's only a monologue when I do it. Just kidding. <laughs> keep on going. Um, host and Slate reporter Seth Stevenson. Um, he has conversations with these business owners that are really compelling, and the businesses they feature, I feel like, are always kind of unexpected and interesting. Um, This episode is all about Big Gay Ice Cream co-founder Douglas Quint, who created the New York-based quirky ice cream chain when a friend connected him to a rundown ice cream truck that was for rent. I guess people, like, own these food trucks and then they let people rent them out to, like, do their business or whatever. Um, But he said when he started out, he, he kind of considered it. He was, like, a classical musician. He kind of considered it, like, performance art. He wanted to, like, what what would it look like to be the happiest ice cream truck guy there ever was or whatever um so eventually people started taking it seriously and after an appearance on the rachel ray show uh, i love rachel ray um they were able to open their first real storefront for big gay ice cream um in this clip seth talks about an early lesson that he learned no sorry douglas (laughs) the the co-founder talks about a lesson he learned about his business it seems like you get a lot of attention for your recipes and some of your unusual menu items. And I'm curious, how how do you generate those ideas? Do you have any sort of hard and fast philosophies about what makes a good ice cream flavor? How do you go about generating these these interesting combinations? Yeah, we definitely have sort of a manifesto between Brian and I. And when we started our first shop, we thought, oh, well, now we can do really, you know, experimental flavors and people are going to flock to try this stuff. And I made beet soft serve, which was so good. And if I had been served that in, you know, a, a, a fine restaurant, I would have dug right in and loved it. So here I made this beet soft serve, loved it. And I think we sold two cones. Mm-hmm. And it became it became apparent pretty quickly that what people wanted from us um, – is actually what we wanted to give them. We we thought that going higher end on the the, the uh, items would really draw people in, but what people wanted was really just bold from us. You know, they didn't want Earl Grey, they wanted cherry Kool Aid, and <laughs> that's actually kind of more our style, personal style anyway. So when we discovered that, it was it was a bit liberating, that we didn't have to force ourselves into some sort of uh, frou-frou niche where we didn't belong. I want to get a tattoo that says, um, be the cherry Kool-Aid ice cream you want to see in the world. Oh my gosh. I feel like someone already said that. But oh. You can plagiarize. Was that a I precedent? I won't tell anyone. <laughs> um, I just love that. I love that revelation. Like, Oh, serve a serve your market. People didn't want beet ice cream, even though it was like a cool idea. People who went to big gay ice cream didn't really want that. Serve your market, and then be like, make the stuff you want, and the people who love it too will come find you. I love this. I I believe in this so hardcore yeah. because I feel like both you and I like. Also, this just reminds me of the whole like there is beauty in the lowbrow or whatever. Yes. Like the lowbrow. Jokes on you. The lowbrow is the highbrow. Completely. And the lowbrow is what people want and what brings joy to people. Completely. I I love I love this anecdote. I feel like especially in this city or in um like metropolitan areas, we can get caught up with the idea of like what's the newest, the best, the most innovative, blah blah blah. But sometimes like 
Sometimes it doesn't have to be all highfalutin, you know, to be really gosh darn satisfying. And sometimes that stuff is actually like good and popular for a reason. Yeah, that's true. Like, like those flavors are old, like have been around for a while and they're really popular because they're really good and exactly. People love Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had big gay ice cream? I've never had it before. Ice cream isn't my favorite. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I did know that about I haven't you. like hit up all the ice cream shops. Yeah. You know what I walked by the, um, yesterday was a milk bar milk bar mm-hmm. location. I love milk bar. Yeah. They have the best cookies. They have really good everything. Yeah. I've gotten a cake. Oh, really good cakes. Yes. But. Um, but I really like big gay ice cream. It's just so funny. So he kind of meant it. Well, he is gay. He and the co-founder are gay. But um, he kind of meant it as the in the happy sense. Like yeah. in this sort of like nostalgic ice cream truck kind of way you know what yeah. i mean um but it, it totally works for a new york city market and i think their first storefront was like the west village or something or maybe it was the east village i, I, I don't remember I, which was I, first i don't remember either um but it totally it totally works he also said that the biggest failure flop that they had was he wanted to play with bacon and chocolate and so he tried a version with like shredded bacon on top of chocolate ice cream but it just like the bacon melted the ice cream and the bacon got soggy from the ice cream and it just like did not work. It's, I think it's so interesting to hear about like the flavors that didn't play. You yeah. Know? I feel like I listened to a podcast one time about the Ben and Jerry's plant or something and just all oh, the crazy things and how many flavors literally don't make it for some weird reason that you wouldn't think about. Cause it's not a big scale like that. Yeah. Like the flavors have to make sense. Right. Like logistically, like can we get them into a store? Can we make enough? Can we put them in the cartons? Yep. Are they going to fit in the cartons? Are yep. they like you have to think of all this stuff? So like we're missing out on like amazing, innovative ice cream flavors because they're impractical. Because Ben and Jerry's just can't do like scale that. Yeah, so, it makes total sense, and they do a lot of like small batch things or like mm-hmm. you know specialty whatever whatever's I think to kind of yeah. mitigate that. But yeah, it's true. Well, and you said like you said it has to be intuitive, and he was saying, um, like the flavor pairings that were really popular were the ones that just kind of made sense. Like they tried lots of really wacky toppings, but it, the ones that worked are just like the, the tried and true, the ones that just are intuitive. And then speaking of intuition, he was talking about, you know, one recommendation he had for other people starting a small business is that you should, it should be something that feels right in your gut. Like something that you can't stop thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Or people are going to tell. Yeah. I don't, it also almost reminds me of, we were talking about um, the data behind the Impossible Burger. Yes. And how it was like, take a look at the data, sure. Roll around in the data, think yep. about the data, but then trust your gut. Yeah. And so it's like, sure, you do need to like do some research, yeah. but it all comes down to your intuition yeah. and what tastes good. And what you're passionate about and mm-hmm. then who else shares that passion. Um, if you had to start a small business, what would it be? Oh my gosh. It can't be big gay ice cream. Well, Sorry that was my it. only idea. Oh, I have a lot of ideas like this. I mean, I wanted to start a food truck. I bought food truck books. Yeah. I wanted to buy, um, start a food truck where we made veggie burgers on the go. Cause I used to make my own veggie patties uh-huh. and I thought it'd be really cool if you could like get like a custom patty yeah. and then you could like choose your bread. But like, I think it would have been a logistical nightmare. Right. And thank God I didn't do it, but I still think it's a cool idea. I think that's a really cool idea. I kind of love that mm-hmm. where you like build the, bur- well, you build the patty right there in front right. of them. You can have like, like a Chipotle. black bean, like you can choose your bean. Yeah. You can choose if you want olives in it. You can choose yeah. the sauces. You can choose if you want quinoa or whatever. I dig the that. The possibilities are endless. What about you? Oh shoot. I asked and I didn't even, I didn't even think of an answer. Oh, Sorry. 
Oh, I thought you said something earlier. No. What did I say? I was like, you're plagiarizing. Oh, it was a, it was a quote. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, I think I would, I think I would have a store where. Pottery. Say it again. Something with pottery. Yeah. I would like a, a combo store that was like a bakery, but also it had board games and stuff. And also maybe you could like throw some pottery in the back and also it had some like yarn that you can buy and also there's like fish there. Perfect. I mean, well, I cannot believe you're looking to make sure that you're not ripping this off. Wouldn't you? <laughs> kind of that a, does sound a little cliche. cliche. Yeah. There's one in every corner. <laughs> I love it. A fish knitting clay bakery. The fish thing. I was like completely like predicting everything you were going to say yeah. until the fish. That was, well, do you have a new passion? They're thing? calming. I love the water. Okay. It's like cat cafes are a thing. Why not fish cafes? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I actually really want you to do this because I, I'm very curious to see how it will do. Yeah. Well, it's going to be like there's a koi pond running through the entire thing, and then there's going to be like walls of fish and tables of fish, and it's going to be walls. Oh, oh yeah, uh-huh. I'm excited. Yeah. It, can you invite me to the opening night? You yes, you can thank come you. opening, um, and you can come to the soft opening the the week before too. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I I feel like it's already happening. We you <laughs> like one minute ago you were like I have no ideas, and now there's like a soft opening. Yeah, uh huh. That wait, was fast. Wait till you see our um. We have a few like sort of grand Instagrammable like like moments. Oh my god, and perfect. One of them is that it's this fish tank that you can stick your head into. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's like there's like an opening in the center that you I'm put gonna in your be head. All over and you that. take a picture and it looks like you're in the water. I'm going to need like 45 minutes per Dedicated. hour. Oh. <laughs> dedicated wow so like people can come for 15 minutes when i'm not using it but like i'm gonna need like a lot of time that's that's the same ratio as like open swim versus adult swim at redwood swim club i'm like the kid in the water i get 45 minutes but you have to give me a break so i can like like, sort of like pee all over like i go like i go like refuel use the toilet yep yep go i come back and i'm ready to go again That can be arranged. That can be arranged. Um, if you all want to get inspired to start your small business, you can go listen to who runs that this or, episode, or better yet, Masters of Scale. <laughs> and this episode was Big Gay Ice Cream co-founder Douglas Quint. Thank you. That was really fun. Yeah, that can was really that? fun. Um, what is our second clip? I don't remember. Okay, Just kidding. let's move on. <laughs> um, our second clip is from How to Fail, which. Actually, we've talked about before, yeah, uh-huh. and it's weird because How to Fail is uh, by host uh, Elizabeth Day, who's an author that I actually worked with at Little Brown. So cool. And um, she actually has a book, I think, How to Fail Now, that's maybe out now or for, open for pre-order, which I can't wait to read. But it's weird because the last time we talked about this podcast, something she said inspired me to leave Little Brown and go yeah. to my job now. Yeah, I remember that. And I was like, she it really inspired me. It was and but now I need to listen to her podcast <laughs> because I'm like feel like I'm failing and I need the I'm like Elizabeth Day, you got me here. You got to pull me out, girl. Uh-huh. So I now listen to her podcast <laughs> as like advice yeah. to make it through my day without crying. Yeah. So that's where we are. Back full circle to Elizabeth Day. But actually um, this, this, this episode spoke to me, um, Hyman Sunim, he's this like Korean, I like, he's like an author. He's written a bunch of books. Um, he wrote love for imperfect things. Um, he's just kind of like, he sounds like a guru, almost like he's writing things and giving advice. Yeah. And he really focuses on self-acceptance, which I think I need to work on. Mm. Maybe, do you think you need to work on self-acceptance? For sure. Does for everyone sure. maybe? I think, I think so. To varying degrees, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, but in this clip, he's talking about why we have to take care of ourselves and, and the difference between self care and self indulgence. Mm. Like Eric, what do you, do you like define self care and define self? How, what's the difference to you? I know. I know that's such a good point. I mean, I think that self care is like finding time to like check in with yourself, identify your needs and maybe like meet some of those needs and maybe self-indulgence is like prioritizing your needs over others. I don't know. Huh. That's interesting. Let's see what the Korean genius says. (laughs) Wow. Really set up to fail there. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I really liked yours. No, thanks. Actually, I feel like that's exactly what he's about to say. Let's find out. I think some people listening might worry that taking care of yourself and self-care sounds very indulgent almost like you're spoiling yourself, particularly in Britain where we don't like to be nice to ourselves. (laughs) What's the difference between self-care and self-indulgence? I think if you are not nice to yourself, oftentimes what happens is you do have those kind of stress ended up accumulating within your body and within your psyche. So what happens is even though you don't mean to be mean, <laughs> but you end up being mean to other people, you know, because you don't know how to process your stress. So doing the self-care is not selfish or self-indulgent in my opinion. It is a really important step for you to have a good relationship with people around you. So this is going to sound silly, but this was like a big moment for me. Did mm. this? Did it feel like a moment for you? Or have you already thought about this? I've definitely thought about it. But I also think self-care comes a little bit easily to me. I think I'm a little bit selfish in that way. I don't... I think you're the least selfish person I know. That's very nice. But it's I because... So. This all makes sense together because you're... You Maybe you do take a lot of time for yourself. And that's one of the reasons that you can be so selfless and giving to others. It probably makes sense, oh, Eric. Oh, interesting. Like, because you engage in self-care and you do yeah. take care of yourself, then you feel ready to give yeah, yourself. Because yeah, yeah. I was really thinking about this when he talked oh, about being mean. Yeah. Because I've always thought I'm a mean person. I am. And everyone's like, no, you're so nice. I'm, like, I'm really not. And if I'm being nice, it's very genuine because it doesn't come easily to me. This is interesting because you and I have this same experience. People all the time tell me how nice I am and I don't perceive myself that way. Is it because we're from Ohio? I think that maybe I feel that I'm nice and giving and generous to the people, the people, I guess to selective people. And I don't think I'm uniformly that way. That's how I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. But I do sometimes, I have a much worse temper than you and I snap and I... I think, but I'm also, I am not very nice to myself. I do not do self-care anything. And I really started thinking about like, I think I need to be nicer to myself if just so that I can be nicer to people at work. Because I really do think like, I think about the days that I have like sacrificed everything, no time for myself, no nothing. I'm tired, whatever. I haven't done anything. And then I go to work and I'm like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? You want me to do this shit? Fuck you. I've already been killing myself for you. Right. Versus I come back from like a vacation or even I just spent the morning reading or something. Mm-hmm. And I come to work and I'm like, oh, I am ready to give myself to you. Yeah. Because I've treated myself already. That's out yep. of my system. And yep. I feel really fortunate to have gotten to do that. Yeah. No, I'm ready to work and yep. like give myself to my job. Yep. And it reminded me of um, the other on Friday, my coworker Christina was telling me she didn't really feel like going to work. It was Friday. She went to spin class. Mm-hmm. And... She said she usually goes straight from spin class 
to work. But she was like, you know what? Why? Why don't I go home first? She crawled in bed. She oh. took a shower, crawled in bed, and watched The Great British Baking Show. Oh, my gosh. Just, she just one episode. I love that. Because, like... Who cares? Right. It's not that big of a difference. But it sounds, She'll stay a little later. Doesn't it sound so fun yeah like even when, um, when she was doing it i bet she was like i shouldn't be doing this it, felt, it feels great so but then she came to work and she was like ready to work yeah. you know i love i love that and like i think mo- little things like that that like don't really matter you know like yeah. you should do those things for yourself i don't do that enough and i think that might have an a, an effect on me like not having patience for right. things that's a re I really like that example of self-care because I think oftentimes we think of self-care as like pampering and like spending money and it doesn't have to be she gave herself an hour of time yeah because it it felt right and it was unexpected and and it was free and it was like like everything about it was fine I love that well and I think what you were talking about with yourself a second ago is really interesting to me because I do think you hold yourself to a much higher standard than you hold anyone else so like to that point you're like well no i'm i'm not allowed to not be at work for this next hour like i should be there i have to be there on time if you're if this friend like was like should i just stay home and watch the british baking show for an hour and just like come in a little later you'd be like yeah 100 percent. you should totally do it you know yeah that's true i do it's so cheesy when people are like you have to treat yourself like you would a friend yeah and I, I, it's so cheesy, but I think about it all the time because I don't. Yeah, right. The things I, that I say yeah. to myself, I would never say to someone I love. And if someone said those things to you, you would be like, I'm cutting Fuck you out off. of my life. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like an evil. <laughs> this, is, <sighs> this is getting dark. But I've often felt like it's almost like schizophrenic. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I'm mean to myself. Yeah. And then I'm kind on the outside. Like, I right. literally feel, hear two voices. Right. And sometimes I... I, but in other ways, I love myself in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's very confusing. Eric, help me. That's the thing. We are com- Our little lizard brains are complex. Anyway. Being um, conscious and self-aware is not always fun. I know. But think of Christina. Have her be your hero. Or me. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. She's but also be... think when I am being nice to myself, this isn't just for you. This is for everyone who's going to be around you when you come back all glittery, glittery, goopy eyed because you had the best day ever because you treated such a yourself. Good point. That's such a good point. You, you made the space for your comfort so then you can allow like accommodation of others comfort it's like uh, put your seatbelt on or get your air mask on first on the airplane and then take care of everybody else very that because if you can't breathe you won't be able to put on your child's mask that's a great metaphor lauren thank you wow if you can't breathe you won't be able to put on the other person so when i'm being mean make sure you get your oxygen so when i'm being mean it's literally because i'm suffocating i'm like mean i'm like i can't breathe i can't breathe i'm like lashing out at people because i can't breathe if we ever notice this in each other can we say like lauren stick your finger up your nose put your oxygen mask okay i was gonna say stick your finger up your nose but i like yours better put your oxygen why can't i say oxygen put your oxygen Oxygen mask mask. you're not our thing you're not breathing i love it i dig oh my god we somehow made the elizabeth's world famous podcast even better (laughs) i'm gonna tell her we came up with a little tip I like this because it's not like we're trying to improve upon what she's saying or what he's saying. Like we're applying it to our lives in a way that we'll we can remember, remember it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. Anyway. I like this so Oxygen much. Oxygen mask. I, I love like it. I like this so much. I feel like 
it, in the same way, this reminds me of like love languages where it's like, it's stuff you know, but putting language around it really helps. So I feel like now if I'm like watching TV at night and chillaxing with my husband, I can identify this as like, this is my, this is my recharge. This I'm getting, putting my oxygen mask on so that tomorrow when I'm at work, I can put the oxygen mask on others and be like a helpful contributing member. I'm going to be better at work tomorrow. I'm going to be a better version of myself tomorrow. And to remember like, oh, you got that recharge time. So like, there's no reason you shouldn't come in full force this morning. You know? Oh my God, I think we just came up with something. I like this. I feel energized. Wow. Hmm. Try it out the... Let's let them report back. 100%. Oh my God. Can we I'm going to do it tonight. Can you, this is optional. Yeah. Text me a photo of you with your Oxymac <gasps> when you're doing it and we'll switch back and forth. Okay. You, I think you know what my, what my oxygen mask is going to look like, but it might be tonight with like some snacks and some real housewives of Atlanta. Um, I think you know what mine is going to look like. Sure a little do. bit of Nintendo. Uh-huh. Hopefully with a candle. Uh-huh. And a face mask. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I love this. I do too. I love this. I love it. You love it. Anyway, thanks Elizabeth and your fabulous podcast, which I didn't really describe very well, but she talks to people just about taking risks and failing and how to bounce back and how to succeed and stuff like that. And it's called How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. Wow. I feel like we really tangent. I feel better about my life. I do too somehow. I do too. I'm serious. I feel like we really got on a tangent from like what you had outlined here. Is that okay? Oh, I don't think we did. Okay, great. Okay. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Wow. Really good clip. Thanks. I love that. I'm ready for more. So now it's the time where we jump into our segments. I'm really excited about this one. Me too. So the first segment is um, a little segment that we call Gay Stuff. I love this segment. Um, basically, it's just where we talk about like gay podcasts, gay clip, gay content, gay themes. I thought the last segment was gay stuff. Pretty much every segment I do. Okay, is gay got it, got stuff, it, got it. Got I'm it. Good, 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 gay. Wait, what? I know. I was gonna tell you with the fish opening. This is an appropriate time. Opening. Okay. <laughs> um, but I really just didn't want to detract from your uh, have fish I been, selfies. Have you been hiding it, or have have I not been paying attention? No, no, no. If we had broken ground, I would have told you. Okay. But that's not until next okay. week. Um, all right, our gay stuff clip comes from <laughs> five minutes what? ago. You did not have a business idea, and now you're breaking ground. Well, I love how quickly. <laughs> anyway, you know you gotta you gotta keep up in the fast world of fish bakery pottery. Other people are getting source. ahead when you're sleeping or something <laughs> or something. Um, I listened to Masters of Scale and oh was inspired to create my business. That's no, how it makes it sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I'll tell Reed. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I call him Hoff, actually. So oh, which, oh, whichever. Wow. Why don't you tell him? <laughs> I could slack him. Okay. Uh, okay. So this gay stuff clip comes from a podcast called Eater Upsell, which is produced by Vox Media and Eater, which is a food and dining network of websites. Um, Eater editor in chief Amanda Clute and Daniel Ganine host the show. They talk with chefs, talk cuisines, and taste test the latest trends each week on the show. And this episode, which is called The Seven Best Food Stories of December, covers a variety of those topics. In this clip, though, which features guest Adam Musa, who is on the social content team at Eater, um, they're talking about Chick-fil-A's history of anti-gay rhetoric and support for staunchly anti-gay organizations. Here is their conversation. They are still giving money to charities that have really, like, clear, mm-hmm. like clearly anti-gay um, policies that are like part of their platform. So one example of that, Think Progress reported on this about a year ago, and that's what we cited in our report. Chick-fil-A reported giving over a million dollars to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, 
which has in its leadership program, it makes all applicants sign a form uh, that commits to like a statement of sexual purity that specifically calls out homosexual acts as constituting a lifestyle unacceptable to God. So it's not just that they're pro-Christian, it's that they are actually funding these groups that are anti-gay. Yeah. So when this this sort of blew up on Twitter for us um, and a lot of people from sort of the Chick-fil-A fan base and from uh, the anti-Chick-fil-A uh, side um, were talking about it and a lot of people were like, well, you know, they're not giving money to the... I don't see how a Christian charity automatically means it's mm-hmm. anti-gay. Mm-hmm. Nobody really looked at this sort of thing, which is that uh, these organizations while they present a very, like, happy face to the world, contain some nasty stuff if you happen to be a queer person. Um, that, that also includes another organization that is a youth home uh, that has said in the past that evil has caused homosexuality to explode in the last century. Well, and there are so many Christian charities they could be giving to that don't have this stain y- yes. on them. You know, like, it's not just conflating Christianity and anti-gay. It's like they're choosing these specific ones. Okay, Eric, sorry to jump right off, but the best food stories made me think this was going to be happy. Oh, so that's not true. And in fact, there are other food stories that they feature that are even less happy. (laughs) Well, let's, I actually am excited to talk about this. No, this is a good one. And I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's like, why don't more people talk about that? I mean, this is kind of why I wanted to feature the clip is that is like, why are we cool with this? Why? Like, I I know a lot of people who are big supporters of LGBTQ plus rights, including people who are LGBTQ plus, who are just like, oh, whatever, their chicken is so good. And it's like, why? Why are we cool with that? I don't, I'm honestly asking. I don't know. It's surprising. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to say who, but it's a podcaster host that I really admire. Yeah. An older person yeah. in the gay community. Yeah. A voice, I'll tell you later. Yeah. She was just saying that she was at a work meeting and they had Chick-fil-A and she was like, well, some already bought it and she had some. And I thought, I I really don't think that's, I don't, I'm not gay. So it's I, so I don't, interesting. But it is that, sorry, I'm taking No, over. take it. If you were at a work meeting yeah. like this person was, and they were serving Chick-fil-A and they were like, you really wanted fries. And you know, I know you don't eat chicken, mm-hmm. but it was like, no one was going to know. And you wanted fries and they were there. Someone else they've already been bought. Would you eat them? I think I would try. I think I would not eat them. And I think I would try to explain. Convince everyone not to eat them. <laughs> not that. I think I would try to explain why I wasn't eating them. And that's a Good. tricky thing to do because you would you don't want to shame people. I certainly make bad decisions. I'm sure there are tons of organizations, companies that I contribute to with my business that that are misogynistic or racist in lots of ways that I don't see. Right. Um, but I think because I have this information, I would try to say, oh, I don't eat Chick-fil-A because they put a lot of money towards really anti-gay organizations. Well, I think that's a great point because sometimes literally people don't know. Don't know. And also, how many times have someone done something like that? And I thought, oh my God, thank you for telling me. Exactly, now I know. I didn't exactly. know. So I, I think there, if you, and you're the king of saying things wonderfully, like just be nice about it. Yeah. Just be like, hey, it's cool, but like it's not my thing. You yeah. know, like, yep. I, I like think, that. I think that's what I would try to do is just, just so that, you know, even though it's already been purchased, the money has already gone into Chick fil A's pocket. 
at the very least, maybe some folks could like understand why I made that choice. It gives you a chance. Yeah. Because if you were just eating it, you couldn't be like, so these are delicious, but you know what? (laughs) You're so right. It gives you a chance to tell more people. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because we were talking about this like five years ago or so. And then I feel like, I feel like um, for some reason we just like stopped talking about it. It's almost like because it won't go away. So people are just right. like, oh, we thought it would go away right away, and it didn't, so... You know what part of it is, too, is, like, the company has said, like, oh, we're not anti-gay, like, we have gay employees, whatever, whatever. Not good enough. One, you give... Mil- it's not just a little bit of money. They give millions of dollars to these anti-gay organizations that are, you know, trying to fund legislature, that whatever, whatever. Um, but I think part of it is because you're not going to get kicked out of their store if you're gay. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of people who have the view... People who don't understand what microaggressions are, right? These little things that are really aggressive towards minority communities and oppressed communities that that people who aren't oppressed don't see. So they don't it's think the, it's a big deal. It's the idea that you're not racist unless you're calling someone a slur. Do you know what I mean? When really it's like, no, that's not how that works. It is racist to say my spirit animal, right? It's a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. So it's like we can't. We can't just see the crazy overt racism of the bakers who won't bake a gay cake. It's like the intent of everything. Yeah, 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 totally. So even though they're not refusing gay customers, I feel like people, because it's not that, because it's not like we're kicking out gay people and blah, 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 they're like, oh, it's probably fine. I almost wish they would just kick out gay people, honestly. Just to make it clear. Someone's going to edit this to make me sound really weird, but like... Then, like, because I bet gay people eat there and don't know. Yeah. Then they would know. Yeah. And then it would make a big stink about it. It's like they're being extra evil by not kicking gay people out. It would it's be like more they honest. might as well. Yeah. It would be more honest. It Because be. now they're saying, no, we'll take your money, but then we'll take yeah. your money and turn it around into an organization oh, that is fighting against I'm your so rights. I'm so mad right I know. now. I know. That was wow. this is really fun. I know. This, oh, this is... Stories. Uh, um, okay. I love your thoughts on this. I... I want to hear from more people. If you all have thoughts on like why we, why we as a society are cool with like going to a Chick-fil-A, even though we know they're anti-gay, like what, what is the reason? I'd love to hear people's thoughts. I'd love to hear perspectives. Yeah. Or if you're at a wedding and you're like, sorry, I just, I'm going to dance to R. Kelly. Like I can't not like, thank you. Whatever. Like all these little things where you draw yeah. a line. It's yeah. like, I, I struggle with it too. So yeah. it's totally fine. But it, like, why? It's, I guess it's just something you should probably think about it before you draw your line. It is complicated. Okay. Um, all right. Oh, you contributed so much to this clip. I, I love way too much. No, <sighs> I love how much you had to say about this one. Okay, if you want to uh, listen to this gay stuff clip, it's on Eater Upsell is the podcast, and this episode was the seven best food stories of December. Love it. Love. I think it's my turn. Yeah, what's your segment? Um... I'm doing a seggy stealer, which means I'm stealing a segment from another podcast and sharing it with you. <laughs> well described. Okay, have you listened to Ghosted yet? I kind of yes, told you about it. Yes. What do you think? Do you like it? I love it. Okay. Yeah. Ghosted I mean, like is yeah, it's all like all my favorite things. Yeah, it's like Roz Dresfeles, mm-hmm. who is a like comic drag queen who loves I this is my drag queen. I have found my drag queen. Mm-hmm. Like her Which style is I like love. amazing. Campy kind of like um campy. vintage. I also love the music on Ghosted. It's very yes. campy. It makes you feel like you're in a campy spooky movie. Yes, like a John Waters. Yes. yes. And, and and basically Roz invites guests on and they just talk about their ghost stories, what they believe in. 
And um, she has this segment called EVP or EV Please. <laughs> now, you listen to the show, so you know what EVP is. And I knew before because I embarrassingly watch sometimes like those like paranormal experiences TV shows that really like go into houses and use EVP. Before this podcast, would you watch it and, be, and say, EVP, please? I am sadly not that creative. It's so good, right? It is really good. So EVP is electronic voice phenomenon, and it's basically like a recording of spirit voices <laughs> that people say they've heard. Um, but so <laughs> Roz has this segment where she plays an EVP clip and says, tries to get the <laughs> guest to translate what the hell the spook is saying. <laughs> Um, so you say EVP if it's like the real spooky spirit sound uh-huh, or, or EV please as in like really no fun. fucking way. That's really fun. So I had a million shows and I wasn't really sure. I think we're going to go with this one from Sam Pancakes yes, episode. Yes. We decided to set up our equipment there in order to investigate. What you're about to hear will amaze you. So it starts out with an investigator saying, Meredith, did you used to go to church here? And this is what they hear. Meredith, did you used to go to church here? Okay, now I'm gonna have I'm gonna play it again for you, and I want you to guess what Meredith said. Okay. Here, one more time. Okay. Meredith, did you used to go to church here? One more time. I want a Shasta. That's a good guess. I'll give you a couple of options. Was it A, I wrote on Catfish, you know that TV show? Okay. Was it B, I can vogue like Katniss? You know Katniss Aberdeen. I'm familiar. I've read the books. I've seen the movies. Was it (laughs) your submission? C, I I I want a Shasta. I want a Shasta. Or D, and yes, it definitely was D. I'm a Roman Catholic. I unfortunately, he, Roz, she didn't let you guess. Oh shoot! What would you have guessed? I would have guessed like I want a gabagool. Uh, yeah. I want to. I want a gabagool. I like. I don't think. I think it's hard for these spirits to say things, yeah. so it's not going to be super clear. I, I feel like it does sound a little like I want a catfish, like yeah, something like that. Yeah, per, that would have been my guess. I, I was hearing a g g g. Hmm. Well, you ha- do have more experience than I do. All those years <laughs> of listening to EVPs. <laughs> so would you say that's EVP or EVP? I stand firm, even though I wish I could say the other one. I I stand firmly that that's an EVP. I do. I no. I think this was actually a pretty clear. This was one. a good one. Um. So there's a couple. I but I actually want to skip to a. Another clip really fast. Yes. We could play this game for years. We really years. could. We really could. Um, but I actually, Peaches Christ, I'm mm-hmm. assuming you love Peaches yes, Christ. of course. Famous, Famous drag, drag queen. Yes. Yep. Um, Peaches Christ is the most recent episode. And um, actually, they have, you know, Peaches Christ has been in a million different theaters and everything. So I thought you might enjoy this clip. They're talking about why are all theaters haunted? Like all of them. Eric, you know all about this. Yeah. What do you say? Oh, theaters are for sure haunted. But why? Okay, so I work in a theater, like in a Broadway theater. My offices are above, and I, I'm often downstairs, and we have a ghost. 
Yeah. You have to call Roz. Yeah, we, I really should. Okay, I, I'll, I'll tell the ghost story after the clip, but first I'll give my reason why I think. Um, for this ghost in particular, it's because this was her home. For show people, like, their happy place is backstage. Their happy place is on stage. And I think that some people believe that, like, when your body when your body dies and your spirit stays, if that's what happens, whatever, whatever, who knows. Um, like, you go back to where is your home where is your happy place and i think theater people just are so passionate about it and performers just love that vibe that like that's a happy place that makes so much sense to me yes let's hear what peaches has to say why do you in your do you have a theory why theaters are haunted hmm good question cuz it seems like they're always haunted well, I mean, maybe again, imagination might be part of it, you know, uh, where maybe we're more open to experiencing, you know, we want theaters to be haunted because they're such dramatic, fabulous spaces. Totally. And they're, um, you know, they're, they're dark, you know, they're, they're, they, we live in the shadows in these spaces and, you know, there's just sort of a dramatic narrative already built into the idea of a haunted theater rather than, I don't know, a haunted office building or whatever. You well, know? plus there's like backstage areas. Which right. To, you know, when you're in an audience and there is a backstage, it's kind of like what's mysteriously going on back there. I wonder, you know, there's there's more to the story than what we're seeing. Right. I think it could kind of fill your mind. I also think that like theaters where people perform, there's just so many dramatic people that live there and then they die and then they're just like... Like, I still want to put on a show. I agree with you. And I think maybe in general, we walk through the world with kind of blinders on to this other world. Oh, yeah. But when we're open to it or we're looking for it, you know, we might be able to sense its presence more. And I think in old cinemas, old buildings, things that look creepy, we tend to open our minds more to what might be there. Whereas in general, maybe we're always surrounded by ghosts, but we I really we are right. But we're not maybe looking for it or as open to it. Anyway, I like your answer better. That's a good one though. I, I do think there is a lot to that. The idea that these are oftentimes old buildings. They look sort of historical. There's a lot of like nooks and crannies and dark spaces that we can trick our minds in a little bit play. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's both. Cool. Yay. That was fun. That was a I feel good like we, one. we got a lot out of that. You and me. I hope the listeners we did. We could do a whole episode on Ghosted. Oh, wait. We're skipping a segment. Oh, it's time for segment segment. Segment segment. How segment. did I forget the segment called segment segment? The segment where we talk about non podcast related things because we have dynamic interests and we think you want to hear about them. We know. We're yeah. probably wrong, but no, we think. No. What's your segment segment this week? What are you excited about? This is. Weird, but like, okay, so I'm also working for this podcast called Should This Exist, which mm-hmm. is very exciting, and I recommend you check it out. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, like wild, radical new tech that we're like releasing. We're not asking, like, what is this doing to humanity? Yeah, it's a very good question that no one is asking. Yeah, these like CEOs are starting up these companies, like Theranos. What, yep. Just kidding, but like, you know, we're not thinking about what impacts they're having on us. Yeah, so one of the episodes is about Wobot. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Wobot? No. Wobot is a uh, app you have on your phone, and it's a it's an AI therapist. And oh. I'm really I I've been using it for work, but I kind of been using it on my own also mm. because it's listen. It's not going to replace a therapist. It uses 
AI yeah. to talk with you. It's a chatbot. That's super interesting. But really, so the point is, it's not going to replace your therapist. You still have to have meaningful conversations with a therapist, but it will get you out of the mind spin. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, it's kind of like a reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's saying things that I just know in my head already. Yep. It's like, kind of like, Lauren, aren't you being a little fucking ridiculous right now? <sighs> and having me type in some of my thoughts, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. It's a good exercise to have my Wobot. And my Wobot, every once in a while, checks in on me and says, how are you doing? I love can do that. a little exercise and some of the things that I write the robot will say like can we examine this are you sure you're not overreacting like it's it's not perfect for everyone in every instance but I really like it and also the should this exist episodes some of the tech we're talking about I'm like wow that is like scary it's kind of incredible this one I'm just kind of like no this should ex- it yeah. does exist yeah. and I want more of it and I really think it could help a lot of people I think it could help people that can't afford this app is yeah. free yeah um, people are more comfortable in their own homes they don't have to go anywhere it's any time they need help it's truly judgment-free you can be more honest with it. Yeah. And I wonder if it might be an entryway for some folks into therapy, right? Like an easy, just on your phone, on the couch, exactly. trying it out. And then when you get in the habit of therapy, you see how helpful it is. I think it's life-changing, you know? I think that's so cool. Say the name of the app again. Wobot. W-O-E-B-O-T. Wow. I, I'm going to download it. I'm going to check it out. I would love to hear what you think about it. The other thing, a friend was just telling me, they were talking about a tough time they were going through, and they said... um, Saying it out loud takes away the power. Mm-hmm. And I think that even saying, quote unquote, saying it, typing it into your phone, an, something that you're struggling with, could take away some of that power. Absolutely. That it has I totally believe yeah. that. Yeah. Wobot. I'm going to download it. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear about this. Good one. What's yours? Um, mine is, okay, Alan loves the TV show Veep mm. with Julie Ludwig. I've never seen it. It's, okay, he really wanted to share it with me. So we started from the beginning. And it's really fast because it's like eight or ten episodes a season, HBO. Um, but, oh, it's so funny. Julie Ludwig is so brilliant on it. The whole cast. It. It's like a very ensemble cast. And they're all very funny. Um it's really fun. And it's now it's kind of a ritual, right? At the end of the night, we'll like watch a veep to like kind of wind down and oxygen mask. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Exactly. It's it's my oxygen mask. I love it. I need I really think I should give it a try because everything I've heard about it, I think I would like. And I, I think love really Julie Louis Dreyfus. And also it seems like a very good time to be watching it because I keep on hearing people say things that are actually going on in our actual presidency or is like stuff stolen from that show. It is pretty wild watching it back now. It's like so much that they were doing four or five years ago is exactly what is happening now. It's pretty wild. Wow. Then we should watch it to see what happens. Exactly. (laughs) To see the future. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Check out beep. Well, Shutting the laptop down. Just now kidding, I have time. to go work now, so I'm going to turn it oh, back on. Oh, good. Um, oh, good. But this time together is over, and I really feel like we learned a lot. Thank you, Kara, for editing. Thank you, you, for listening. We're we so you. grateful. We're tell, really grateful. Tell a friend if you think they might like it. Rate us if you haven't. And uh, make sure you put your oxygen mask on first before assisting others. Please. Love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs>